Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast. This is episode number 19. I am uh, one half of your broadcast team uh, here on the show. My name is Greg Mahochko. If you've been with us through the last 18 episodes, you probably know that already. And if you have been with us through the last 18 episodes, I encourage you to invite your friends. Tell tell a fellow Husker fan. Share it on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, let them know that we're here. Let's uh, let's build up that following just a little bit. We are on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at Five Heart Podcast. The same on Twitter, except instead of spelling out the word five, you have to just number five Heart Podcast. Anyway, my name is Greg Mahochko. I'm joined as always by my good friend, fellow Husker fan, and longtime uh, broadcast podcast buddy, Mr. Brian. Told Brian, it is a new year, sir, and uh, for some reason. This is a, a, a new attitude, perhaps a new mentality for the uh, Nebraska men's basketball team. 3-0. and We're recording this just moments after uh, they knocked off Iowa at the PBA on this Thursday night. Double overtime, 93-90. to Brian, that is uh, the first 3-0 and conference start for the Husker men's basketball team since the 1975-76 season. So 41 years, Nebraska 3-0 and uh, in Big Ten play. And they wouldn't have had to go into overtime if they could just make a free throw here and there somewhere before that. That was... That's just maddening. And, and it, it, it missing free throws, you know, forced over t- overtime... Uh, making free throws forced the second overtime. Ty Webster stepping up big. I think he went uh, four for four or three for four from the line there in that first overtime period. Uh, Glenn Watson Jr. fouled out a career-high 34 points for him. Uh, and there is a, a Kevin Kugler, who, who's, you know, a, a, I, I don't know if I can call him a friend of the show, but uh, – he he's a good guy. Good guy announcer Kevin Kugler. Would you agree? Yeah, he, he's pretty good. I, I I think he should be more a little big time than he is, but that's just my opinion. So I mean, perhaps you know on the national scene doesn't get. To, although he he has done a lot of Westwood One stuff, I, I believe. Uh, you know, on, on the radio. The um, but uh, uh, I, must, I know I know he must have a great deal with Big Ten Network. It, it's I think possible. He would be better than Big Ten Network, honestly. Um, what you know high praise high praise for uh, mr kugler um but uh, i know he and, and his announced team on several occasions made a point to say that uh, peter jock uh, the uh, iowa player the best scorer in in the big 10 and certainly he had 34 points he fouled out but the the big takeaway i think from this particular game is how after glenn watson junior fouled out nebraska kept their composure um and and they found a way to win, and it was it was a really solid team effort. This was the type of game that you just, I mean, you kind of wondered beforehand, can they really keep it up? 
and then they got off to the decent start. And you know, Jock is a monster. Jock is just a god damn. He's good. <laughs> the, um, the truth. But it was nice to see that for every time Jock had an answer, had something to say, Glenn Watson had an answer. You know, and it, it was it was it was in it was in as impressive uh, style as well. Jock would hit a three on the Iowa end, and then I'm talking second half here because uh, he only had four points at halftime. Did Peter Jock, and then thirty points uh, from you know halftime to when he fouled out. Um, so again, you shut him down a little bit. And, better uh, but I think he's a player who's going to get his points uh, so I think Nebraska did a good job of of taking care of of the rest of the Hawkeyes but uh, whenever Jock would hit a three on the Iowa side Glenn Watson you know he just steps up there was one in transition I, I remember very vividly uh, just the left side of the top of the key and he just pulls up in transition pops a three like he's you know, like it's me popping Pez I, that's the best that's the best analogy I got, folks. I'm sorry. It's it's late. Uh, it's been a long week. Um, but he, he drains a three like it's nothing. Un, I mean, until he fouled out, he, it was a young man. I mean, he's a sophomore, but he never looked fatigued. You know, some of these other players, you know, they started maybe losing a step on both sides. But but uh, Glenn Watson Jr. just never, never really, you know, got fatigued. And Brian, just as impressive as uh, Glenn Watson, uh, typically he he's the leading scorer. I mean, he's he's the leader on this team. But Ty Webster, who picked up his fourth foul, and yet played smart defensively, had a, a few key stops there uh, in the overtime uh, periods, and, and had a big night uh, because he was able to step up in overtime, hit some free throws. I know he hit the free throws that forced the second OT. And uh, you know he he's he has been that that reliable cornerstone of this team uh, this fall and winter. Kind of similar Iowa Nebraska that one senior that they trail on Ty and Jock and a bunch of kids really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that, ain't it? At um, uh, and and, and I, again, you know, Kugler maybe not Kugler. Maybe this was in the uh, in the in the post stuff but uh, they you know on Big 10 network there they were in, they were saying how you know as these young players continue to develop we hope that you know they decide to stick around and, and play ball cuz it could be you know a few more years of some really exciting basketball between you know these players and and there there were some there were some fire there were some heat uh, you know you felt a little bit of the rivalry in this game which i think was great uh the, the uh, flakes from you know essentially yesterday i mean as we recorded it was this morning but john really uh you know said something to the game day flakes about how nebraska's really the only team uh the only school i should say in the big 10 whose identity is solely football in the the fact that after football season there's no carryover there's no momentum he says uh he went on to say that iowa uh-huh. lost a uh a, a big bowl game uh this week uh the outback bowl i believe and uh, uh, he said, you know, you want to jump on that and, and you know, kick them while they're down, essentially. And, I, and I'm, I'm appreciative of the fact that uh, the, the Huskers were able to do that to hashtag Evil Iowa. I don't know if I necessarily agree with the original premise that, you know, it's only it's only football, you know, for, just for Nebraska. Well, I mean, Penn State. I, I don't think I don't think I, 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 I paraphrased probably poorly. I don't think I, I picked up on I, I read it. Several hours ago, twelve plus hours ago, you'll have to forgive me. Penn State. 
Kind of the same way. Mm. Perhaps. Perhaps. What has Penn State done about Northwestern? Yeah, but Northwestern doesn't have an identity. True. True, true. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's, there, I, sh- I should Ohio say, right now. I should say there's less emphasis or urging from Nebraska, maybe from the fan base, to carry momentum from season to season as there is from these other Big Ten schools. Maybe maybe that's a better way to phrase. Uh, I like that a lot better, yeah. Okay, thank you. And I'm sorry to all the listeners who felt offended. All three of you in Pennsylvania. <laughs> nah. You know what? If they're still defending Joe Paterno, I don't, I don't apologize to them. Anywho... <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Clo- quick, close that can. Close that can of worms. Meanwhile, the Hall of Justice. <laughs> oh, good poll, sir. Good poll. <laughs> um, but if you think about it, I mean, that, that's a, a conference home win for Nebraska. They already won two on the road. They started at Indiana, and then they won at Maryland. They went on a 13-0 run to close out that Maryland game, and Indiana was a two-point win, but that was a top-20 Indiana team. And this is, again, and, and I know the – Big Ten announcer, Big Ten network announcers, you know, said this a few times. This is the same Nebraska team that three weeks ago lost to Gardner Webb. And so, we all kind of see, we got to admit that we all also like, like well, who, do we start doing the who would Nebraska replace Tim Miles with? That there was, I mean, there, I, I, I don't know, you know, I think across the fan base there was some rumbling. I mean, it was enough that, that poor Tim, and I, I, I've liked Tim for a long time. Uh, but you know, he, he said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a break from Twitter, which, you know, he, he was very embracing of social media and that fan interaction when he first got here. And I think maybe, you know, several, you know, I don't say several, but a few years in now, he's, you know, starting to feel that, that grumble, if you will, that may even make sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the problem is, you know, everybody wants, everybody kind of wants Nebraska to be you know, manageable. And I think that's a fair statement. And I think it's a fair statement that, you know, you want, you want to see progression at times, you know, Nebraska is going to be young this year. You know, Nebraska is going to be uneven at times, you know, and and, let's face it. The, the height that Nebraska has today after this game is going to be, you know, they're going to, they're going to come down a little bit and there's going to be a loss and they might lose to, they probably lose to a Northwestern team that should go to the NCAA tournament. And that's not being mean, but look how much energy they, they've spent the last three games, especially tonight, double overtime, um, getting this win. And then all of a sudden you got a pretty much a 70, yeah, not even a 70 hour rollover. You got a 60 hour rollover to, a Northwestern team that is a fringe NCAA team that, yeah, played tonight, but wasn't a double overtime thriller per se. And, and there's going to be, there's going to be lulls of this team. And yeah, they're probably, they're not going to go 18 or no, because if they go 18, then, you know, <laughs> we, there's some, there's something really wrong there, but um, ask, you know, like, think, who's think, sacrificing goats think, in the locker room. <laughs> I think what's fair to ask is the Nebraska to be 500 in, and Nebraska can be 500 in uh, Big Ten play. That puts them 500-ish on the season. They were six and six. They were three and zero in the 
you know, if you're if you're two above five hundred in Big Ten play, even if you own one, I put you probably sixteen, fifteen, seventeen, fifteen. If I have it right, I, I don't have a schedule in front of me, but you know, with the non-con that Nebraska's played and the fact that you know they could get, you know, let's say ten and eight, or heck, eleven and seven in Big Ten play. You know, that's an NIT bid, I would think. I don't know if it's a great NIT bid. I think it's an NIT bid. So, just, you know, a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago, maybe now, we did a little Nebraska pre-conference roundtable at Coronation. Did you happen to get in on that, Brian? Do you remember? I did not. I did not. I I kind of avoid roundtables because... I tend to... They get a little busy. It does. Uh, and I think I had them going 500. Like yeah, I'm a little busy. So uh, I had them going about 500. Um, you know, so I, so far, I mean, everything, you know, they're exceeding expectations. They're playing some really exciting, fun basketball. Um, you've got, you know, uh, as we mentioned, Watson, Webster... Uh, Ed Morrow Jr. Um, you've got, you know, you got some players on this team. Uh, Jacobson played well tonight. Uh, it, it's it was fun, and and I I looked at my wife. You know, there's a couple minutes left in overtime or the second overtime. There, Nebraska is up. She's on her. I say her half of the couch, but she's like a cushion over, and she's you know relaxing and lounging. And I'm sitting there with my feet up uh, watching the game, and I'm holding our, our son, who's asleep. And I'm you know, like fist pumping, and, and I'm looking down, I'm like, okay, he didn't wake up good. And, uh, and I looked at her, I said, if Nebraska wins, he's probably going to wake up. And she gives me that wide open, if you do, or, or was it, if, if you wake him, you die type of, type of face. And so... I they like, always say that they never do. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's you know just my responsibility to put him back to sleep, right? Yeah, and you better get him back to sleep soon. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, needless to say, he he's asleep. I did not wake him, um, but uh, it, it was it was tough. There, the 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 struggle was real. I think that's what the kids are saying. Um, let's let's change gears here just a little bit. Uh, Let's talk briefly about the uh, uh, the Music City Bowl that was last Friday down Jesus, in. Do we have to? We don't have to talk about it much. Um, I, I, I just think it was like um, three months ago, don't it? Well, the, the, when Nebraska ball has won two conference games since they played, then yeah, it kind of does feel like it was two months ago. Kind of, kind of feels like man, it feels a long time ago. Um. Of course, uh, losing uh, eventually to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee, the, their run defense was uh, a, a bit stu- uh, stouter or, or stiffer than than uh, I think we we thought, or perhaps we just didn't run the ball very well. One of those two. I know Divino Zigbo had some nice runs. Newby had a few nice runs. Um, I think I think part of that is they just you know they had no fear of five. And you know, best case scenario for Riker Five is he can make he can get one or two people out of the box, 
and make you sweat, but there was no fear of five at all. Talk, talk you know, to me. I mean, as far as running the ball, yeah, I understand. But I thought that Riker, as a passer, played pretty admirably. I thought so too. But I, I, I think this Nebraska offense was kind of wired for Tommy more than anything else. I agree. I think this Nebraska offense, and that's no slight to Riker, but in the end. It's just the way it's, the games was, were planned and everything was strategized. Not even so much the game plan, but the the install that's been going through the entire year. You know, and and I'll buy the argument that you know we want to put this whole hey, we're, we're this Thomas Tennessee and blah blah blah. You know, let's remember something. Nick, Nick Gates has a Richard sophomore went against a kid that's going to be a probably a top ten NFL pick all day. Okay. The uh, the. Barnett? The Barnett kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. by the way, the new uh, sack, career sacks leader at Tennessee who who beat uh, uh, the, the was it the Deacon of Defense or something like that? And uh, Reggie White. Reggie White, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, uh, Let's, I, 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 hoped, I hoped because I respect Reggie White so much that I hoped that, that that record would not be broken. But they seem to honor it honor it very well they seemed like they took it seriously it wasn't it, you know it, anyway continue but I, I think it what it measures is and it, it just goes back to where Nebraska needs depth at every position and and the then the ones are really good okay and they are but then you get to the twos sometimes and you know yeah Nick Gates did well but you had to, when Barnett Barnett got his lone sack and the record breaking sack Okay, against Cole Conrad, mm-hmm. who Nebraska didn't really have a choice to put out there. You know, it, 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 the, the what I'll say is this: Nebraska could it, they could it should have ended better than it did in the season. But if you're one that says, "Hey, you know, all of a sudden now we need to find out how good Mike Riley's recruits are. We need to find out how they've developed." And everything. This should be good for you. This is something you're looking forward to. You're looking forward to the quarterback battles. You're looking forward to three wide receiver jobs up, you know, open for <clears throat> for the tanking now. Um, you're you're open to linebackers having to come in and make their hay. You're looking to a young defensive line that should be coming along. That should be good. You know, you're looking forward to all of this. You, you, you mentioned know. wide receivers. And I want to talk about one in particular because he had a few nice catches and, and we hadn't seen – it seemed like his productivity dropped off a little bit in his senior year. Brandon Riley, he had a couple nice catches, had a couple nice touchdowns. Did he benefit from uh, perhaps a better passer in Riker 5? Um there's one way you could theoretically say that, yeah, but if that's the case, then everybody should have benefited from him. Um, I think he just benefited from being on the field. Okay. You know, no, no Jordan, no, you know, and nothing against Brandon, but Brandon had a hard time seeing the field this year. He did. He did. You know, and he uh, had some injuries so as well. So, um, do, do you think that his performance in that game, Again, against a, a, an SEC team, a you know a top twenty-five SEC team, 
do you think that that gives him an opportunity at the next level? Maybe. Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think the only wide receiver that's going to get an opportunity at the NFL level is going to be um, Jordan. And even then, you kind of wonder about the whole healthy thing from this year. Um, I suppose it's possible to bring him, but he's got to prove he's got to see on the field. And kind of, if you want to say all three receivers, like all the three receivers and Seathan, they've got to stay healthy. They've got to prove they can stay healthy. There's an argument to be made from all four of those guys. Right, because you've got so, uh, Brandon, Jordan, Seathan, and Alonzo Moore, who, like I said, all of them had injuries. You know, we, we talked all off season and beginning of the season about how good this receiving core was, but, man, they couldn't stay healthy to, to save their ass, you know. I mean, and, and down the stretch it hurt, as we saw. Uh, I, I, wanted, I don't know if you caught this uh, – I, and I don't remember who we had as far as announcers in that game, um, but I believe it was it was the color commentator Andre Ware. Andre Ware. You, yeah, you had if you've ever listened to a Houston Texans radio broadcast, which I have not. Thank God, because you've had to listen to Andre Ware. All right. Um, did you hear when he said, you know, talking about Riker Fife, that even with his limited resume? he could get a tryout with an NFL team? Did you hear that? And I didn't. I wondered how soon the, te- the drug test could come back. <laughs> oh, for Andre Ware. Because this ain't no knocking Riker. He's not. If he couldn't beat, if he couldn't beat Tommy, what makes you think he's going to be an NFL-caliber quarterback? He, I mean, and, and again. And that's just an honest question. And, and taking nothing away from Riker, he's a walk-on. Stupid question. And, and I don't, I don't even know if you know the answer. And it takes a hell of a lot more work and research than I plan on putting in. But how, when was the last time that a walk-on quarterback? I, I'm not even going to say started, but but had a, a roster spot on an NFL team from Nebraska. Period. Period. Oh hell, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, somebody, somebody can figure it out and put it in the comments. Yeah, all those comments that we get. Um, by the way, comment, 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 comment. Um, I'm sure it's happened, but you don't hear about it. You hear about the Cam Newtons. Hell, you hear about the Tim Tebow's, um, the Mark Sanchez. I mean, you hear about guys you who played. the J.J. Watts more. Yeah, but you hear about the, the Power Five guys who go on, who had good college careers, who go on to play at the next level. Um, I suppose like Carson Wentz, maybe? Yeah, but he I don't I don't I don't know if he was I don't know how what they consider walk on it at North Dakota State. I mean, I don't By the way, North Dakota State beat Iowa in football this year. That's always fun to bring up. And um, Nebraska didn't. Yeah. Okay. No. But Oh, I got to tell you this cuz this pissed me off. Uh Did it now. And since since nobody that I know, you know, as far as family is listening to this show, I can I can say this and air my grievances few weeks past Festivus. Uh, so it was New Year's Eve. We were doing Christmas with my family, uh, my side of the family. We had done my wife's side of the family's uh, Christmas on Christmas Eve. And because my wife worked Christmas Day, uh, or, or had to work Christmas Day night, uh, we just did the three of us here at the house, took it easy. She rested so she could go to work that night. So it's New Year's Eve, 
and uh, my son wakes up from his little nap. He'd been over at Grandma and Grandpa's for uh, uh, the day because my wife had to work the night before, and I had to work that morning. Uh, so I took him over there. He was napping. He wakes up from his nap. I'm I'm holding him. My sister, his aunt and godmother, takes him, and you know because she loves him. And next thing you know, they disappear. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what that's all about. Uh, now I put my son in a little Mickey Mouse Christmas Santa hat shirt that my sister, his aunt, his godmother had given him because I thought, you know, it'll make her happy. She'll love that. And next time I see him, he's wearing this white shirt. It says most valuable player ever. He has a shirt very similar to this, and it's got the Husker N on what looks like a, a lanyard and a, and a badge of some type on that. Uh, and instead of the Husker N, however, it was a Hawkeye logo. Oh, boy. That did not go over well with me. I said, we got to get him out of that. And she looked at me, and she said, Oh, just you wait. Don't make me put any more pictures up on Facebook than I was already planning on putting up. Because <sighs> I have an aunt who's from Iowa and is a Hawkeye fan, and I'm convinced that there was collusion afoot. Needless hey, to you say. Know what, you know what I would have done in that aspect? Uh, Used it for his next diaper? No, 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 no. Not that guy. I would have taken it off of him, made sure he's got clothes on. Yeah, yeah, because she, oh, she put it on oh, over oh. his Mickey shirt. Yeah, I would I would have gotten that. I would have on Facebook Live or something like that, and said, "This is what happened. This is just what happened," and make sure she was seen with it and her smiling and everything. And then I would have taken it outside to the driveway. <laughs> I would have laid it on the ground. I would have found the gas can. I used the gas up the mower. Uh-huh. Or poured an inordinate amount of gasoline on that, light the match, <laughs> and then look at the camera and say, "If it happens again, I'll do it again, and I don't care." I don't care what the fight would have been like. I don't care if the argument was huge. It's just, I don't care if I would have been the worst damn kid in the North America to mom and dad. And you think I'm a bad parent. Well, if I'm a bad parent, I'm a responsible parent. That wouldn't have happened. And, and here's the thing about it, because, you know, it, it's it's Christmas, and, you know, I try to be happy and cheerful anyway, so I don't like to be purposefully antagonized. And that's what I felt this was. Somebody's like, oh, ho, ho, we're going to we're gonna play a trick on him just because, he, I mean, it's like, all right, my sister, you know, she's from this area, obviously same as me. She could have put him in a Cardinals shirt. That would have been fine because I'm fine with the Cardinals. I'm a Cardinal fan or Blues, you know, something like that. But to be purposefully antagonistic pissed me off. Actually, the first, actually, I, would have been, I wouldn't have been as mean that way. What I probably would have done is I found the biggest pair of scissors I could find. And run him up the scissors. That's it. And, and and my sister took the shirt, like so. I guess maybe she can put him in it again down the road when I'm not, you know, around. So obviously, mm-hmm. I just can't leave him with her ever until he outgrows that whatever age uh, shirt that was. Payback's a son of a bitch. Well, her kids are older and they're not as cooperative. Well, bunny suits still are available to be purchased on the internet. That's what it looked like. Honestly, speaking of bunny suits, it looked like when Ralphie comes down the stairs in that damn pink bunny outfit. Because the look on his picture was like, get me the hell out of this thing. He, he, he didn't look like he was very uncomfortable. And it looked like Ralphie in the pink bunny suit from Aunt Clara. That's all I got to say about that. See, you're polite. I'm vicious. So. 
Well, yeah, but and and, and I mocked when, when my sister, you know, and, and I love my sister, I do. But when she said, you know, she's like, you're you're lucky. She said, I, I don't make me put more pictures up on Facebook than I was already planning on putting up. I kind of mocked her and said, repeated what she said, but in a and she got on. I guess she had a funeral to go to that day or that morning this or something is, like that. So see, this is this is where I get me, and you can ask my wife how mean I can get. <laughs> I, I'll take your word for it. Uh, let, let's wrap. Let, let's put a, a bow on this one uh, because during the Nebraska ball game, uh, we got a commitment. Tell me a little bit about uh, our, our homegrown Bellevue. B e l l e v u e, you bastards! Yeah, oh, they they were vicious too. I, I I about jumped in there and said, "Hey, that's my fault. I didn't get a chance to proofread." Um, but anyway, um, um, Greg is my proofreader. Uh, yeah, so. so take it out on me, you jerks. Um, to be fair, I look when I look at him and say, "I need to publish yesterday." I kind of win that argument. Well, and I was looking at it on my phone, and I was here. The funny story is, I was I was sending all of these edits to uh, to Haas uh, Reuter in, in Slack. We were talking about something else, and I forgot to switch over to the coordination room. Um, but uh, anyway, tell me about Mr. Bradley. Jalen Bradley, he is a running back out of Bellevue West. One the Nebraska Class A Championship this last year ran for 2,900 yards. And 50 touchdowns. 53 total touchdowns, 50 rushing touchdowns. 50 rushing touchdowns, you bastards. And here's the, here's the kicker about this. You're going to see him. I thought he was a running back, right. not a kicker. Yeah, he's, he's very lowly ranked, and you're wondering why. And it's a fair question. I, I'm waiting for that fair answer. Well, Mr. Bradley had issue when when it came to qualifying for college. As far as academics, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And normally now in recruiting services, if if you're behind starting your like your end of your junior year, they're not even gonna bother um rating you. Really? They're just Oh, they're just not going to take the time to do it because they don't, you know, their thought is you're you're wasting your time. Okay. Hmm. And I get that. Um, it's it's not fair sometimes, especially when you're not, in a, you know, when, you know, 50 touchdowns, I don't care how, you know, what class you're in, that's pretty good. Now, how it translates, who knows, obviously. Okay. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, He's a kid that's worth taking a risk at. I don't know if he's your lone running back commit the cycle. I think he's – I think there's a kid, you know, you get somebody that's maybe ranked a little above him, and Bradley's then like a, a project, you know. But a lot of guys want, you know, somebody from Omaha, you know, the, the Calvin Jones, the Amon Greens, the – you know, they want the kids that from Omaha that can run. Well – you know, there's reason. If Jalen Bradley had his grades in order this summer, he's a four star probably, it, a fringe four star. If now that that brings me to a, a quick question, and, and then I'll have one more recruiting follow up for you, uh, or or maybe just an update on your weekend plans. But if if he's you know a, a four star, or as you say, fringe four star with 2,900 yards and 53 total touchdowns, 50 of them rushing. 
chances are he's probably on a lot of other schools' radars. Um, and it was my understanding, at least according to one of the, the sport outlets, that his final choice was between Nebraska and South Dakota State. If 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 the grades are there, he's getting a lot more looks, I'd imagine. Yeah, he's gonna. He's, he, I don't. Th- I think the problem is like in a running back situation. <clears throat> you saw this when it came to Nebraska recruiting. Nebraska, you know, when it came to, it comes to running back and quarterbacks, you kind of want to get those guys in as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I don't even think he may, if he doesn't qualify. I don't think he makes it South Dakota State. I think he goes JUCO. I think he goes Iowa Western. Honest to goodness. But as of right um, now, we is our understanding that he is academically qualified. He's academically qualifying, but he's got, still got to graduate. Sure, he's still got you know, and I'm pretty sure he's gone through Clearinghouse. You know, that you wouldn't get that offer if you haven't gone through Clearinghouse. One thing I would watch uh, though is that none of the support staff kind of knows. Support staff tend to tweet a lot when something like this happens, and no support staff has tweeted yet about it. Um, unless they have, I was recording this. I can't see it, but. You know, in kind of that kind of pays. You know, you pay attention to that and kind of wonder if it was a surprise or such like that. So, um, at, at, at the end of the day, you, know, you get the home. You, you get a homegrown kid, and you make a lot of people happy uh, because of that. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I think you take the chance on him because you know, give him the chance. You don't. You don't want him to take a chance somewhere else. Is you like? Yeah, we just had the. Guts to offer him. Well, you ha- you have the guts to offer him. You have the guts to take a commitment. You have the guts to sign him and try to get him in the school. You know, if it doesn't work out with that, um, you know, you tried. <coughs> Whereas, it, it's funny that you said you know like quarterbacks or running backs are the guys you want to get on on campus early, which I I would imagine be you know like some of these these spring enrollments we're about to see. Um, I would think that some of the guys you'd want to get in early would be linemen. You know, you can get them an extra six months or whatever it is of of weight training, nutrition. You know, getting getting size or you know do, doing those things. That that that's just me. That's but I'm I'm a fat man, so it, it doesn't work everywhere that way. Because when you got some of these guys, you got to count back to last year, last year cycle. Okay, number one, and then number two, um, you have to have your ducks in a row. You have to be able to ready to go from literally high school classes in December to college classes in January. There's no three months. There's no, you know, leeway where, you know, oh, sure, sure. Thing and, you know, you're making a big thing about moving to school and mom and dad puts you in the dorm and such like that. It's, you know, you graduate the third week of December and January, it's going to be eighth. Um, you're on campus ready to, you know, taking your first college class. Uh, right. And I understand that, but it, you would think, though, that the uh, the impetus would be there to get, like I said, as much as, you know, like your, your skill guys, you'd want the big guys, the, the hosses, to get them, you know, up up to up to playing size. If you had, a, a you know, a Foster Serral or something like that uh, who, you know, you just need it, man, we, if we could, he'd be ready to start this fall as a freshman if we just got another five pounds on him. And that's an arbitrary number, but you know Sarah's what I'm saying. Start, if, if Sarah comes to Nebraska, he's starting to right tackle immediately. Okay. Fair e- immediately. <laughs> 20 <laughs> practices in don't matter. He is starting immediately. Let, let, let's Joseph talk. Lewis comes in, he's starting wide receiver immediately. If who? Joseph Lewis. Let, let's talk real quick about 
your weekend plans because you will be at the uh, the Army All American game. Is that is that I presented by Under Armour? I was gonna be, and then life kicked in. Oh. I will be covering it. You'll be covering it, and uh, some of the some of the players. And I know you you've hit this on on coordination dot com uh, plenty. But who are some of the who are some of the players that that you know if fans are, are watching the game that they'll be wanting to keep an eye on? Well, you're going to want to want to keep an eye on Greg Johnson, Joseph Lewis. There's a little bit of hintage that maybe USC is going to be getting them, and you know it's always been USC and Nebraska for Lewis Johnson. You kind of come in late with Dante Williams. It could happen. Um, the guy that's probably going to be a Stone Cold Lock in Nebraska is Jameer Calvin, four-star wide receiver out of L.A. Um, small guy, really shifty, though. Really, he's he's going to kind of remind you of J.D. Spielman a little bit. Um, he's a guy that can make plays, should have been a four-star. Uh, has really kind of shown this week in Army, you know, one-on-one drills against DBs that he can do something. Um, Sarrell's going to be at right tackle. He's been the best offensive tackle in the bunch. Um, they're going to run him a guard a little bit. I don't agree with that. I think that he's running a right tackle, left tackle, whatever he plays. Um, the one, you know, X-factor odd one is Darnay Holmes still. Um, Nebraska's gone from being out of it to being in front of it to not anybody having a damn clue what <laughs> Darnay's going to do. Um, Hear that, Ryan? There's still a chance. Yeah. There's a small chance. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sorry, I got a cough. Um, I think, honestly, nobody's going to know what Darnay's going to do until he personally pulls the hat out of himself. And there's a lot, you know, I'm not going to be out with the VIP stuff that Schaefer put in. You know, he put in two updates today, but there's a lot of strife with the with the Holmes family and where Darnay's going to go. Um, UCLA's in play. Nebraska's in play. Ohio State's in play. There's a lot of schools in play for Darnay still. Um, he kind of knows what he's getting in Lincoln. Um, he kind of knows what he's getting at UCLA. He He's stepping into an interesting situation at Ohio State. And this is not something where when Darnay picks, you know, oh, we'll have two or three weeks to flip him. No, Darnay picks Saturday. He's on He's on campus probably Monday, Tuesday at the, at the absolute latest. So. <laughs> I guess I guess how does that work? And this is a silly question, perhaps, but a lot of these guys, you know, they they they're making these commitments. There are several players, not just Nebraska, but nationwide, who are going to be stepping on campus as an early, uh, what early entrant? Maybe that's not the right word, but early enrollee. Thank you. As as soon as as soon as you were starting to say it, it came to my mind. Early enrollee, and yet they don't sign a formal letter of intent until February. So is there any chance that in that month they can change oh, that, their mind? That's, that's wrong, sir. Once they, they, they send that letter, they send that letter in intent as soon as they step on campus. Oh, okay. It, it must be signed before they go to class. Interesting. All right. Now, now they can sign, um, um, financial aid agreements with multiple schools. You can sign financial agreements with four or five schools if you wanted to, you know, it just—it's a matter of where you want to sign your final, you know, your your intent letter. Okay. So once you sign that intent letter, you are bound to determine that school unless something drastically changes. All right. See, so yeah, I did now, not know that. Now you could be like Najee Harris, the number one running back in America, who is literally just going to show up to school and not and just say, "Hey, I'm here to play." <laughs> you know. I guess that, m- that must be nice. That could be, 
They could be Bama. They could be USC. You know, it, it's kind of you. You think there's a flight? You, you like to laugh, but there's you know the flight tracker stuff that coaches use. Mm-hmm. You now, know, and speaking of, of of that, and you know tracking high school players. I mean, Darnay Holmes never made an official visit to Nebraska, but he made several unofficial visits. Did take his official to Ohio State and. Was it USC or UCLA? I, I thought it was. If I remember right, it was UCLA. So, is it a good omen? Do you think that he came here on unofficial visits or the other way around? If you had to, if you had to, say? I think that you know, I think you don't really look into the unofficial visits too much here because he knows that he's getting to Lincoln. Gotcha. Okay? Um, they ran the Calabasas satellite camp was ran through Darnay's dad. Um, he's been in Lincoln enough to know what he's getting. Okay, That's and he's got people that, that he and he's got people that he knows who are going to be here, like Keyshawn Johnson Jr., uh, Tristan Gebbia. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so so there's that kind of familiar. All right, well that that answers my questions, and and hopefully uh, uh, listener your questions as well. And if you have questions, feel free to email or comment, and we'll make sure that we address them in the next show. But anyway, uh, that'll be it for episode number 19 of the Five Heart Podcast, unless Brian has any final thoughts. Good night now. That, that's, that's a good final thought. Uh, for myself, Greg Mahoshko, and my good friend, Brian Toll, that's it. We'll see you next time. This is the Five Heart Podcast reminding you, as always, that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. I don't know what that was, but I'm definitely keeping it. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. <laughs>